If you got your Bible, I want you to go to the book of Luke 5, starting in 17. Um, what I want to do, listen, listen, listen. Um, what I'm going to say is what I always say. I want to encourage you guys to take notes. I want to encourage you guys to write some things down because who knows what God could speak to your life somehow, some way through me, through this message, and it could, it could just really challenge your life. And so I want you guys to encourage you guys to take notes because note takers are history makers. And Luke, what happens to note takers? Note takers get into heaven. And what? Okay. Oh, yes. She said amen. So, mm. so Luke five seventeen, and we're going to read a few verses here. If you didn't bring your Bible, uh, it's going to be up on the screen, so you can follow along there too. It says this: One day, while he was teaching, he is Jesus. Um, the Pharisees and teachers of the last of the law, teachers of the last, they talk about ladies. Teachers of the ladies. Anyways, it's supposed to be law. Teachers of... We're going to have to burn this now. So, I'm just kidding. Teachers of the law had come from every village of Galilee Galilee, and Judea and Jerusalem. uh, We're sitting there and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. That's pretty awesome. That's really good. And then it goes on to say, some men carrying a paralytic... Does anybody know what a paralytic is? You're paralyzed. You you don't move very much if you're paralyzed. So um, they carried, came, brought him, carrying a paralytic man on a mat, and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. But when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, everybody say their faith. Their faith. It was their faith. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. See, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say that your sins are forgiven? Or to get up and walk. But that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. My prayer tonight is that we'll leave Emerge at the end of the night saying, wow, we felt and we saw and we experienced remarkable things tonight. Jesus is doing great things at Emerge. So we haven't talked about this in a while, and and this would be good for if you're new here tonight or if you're newer, maybe one of our incoming seventh graders. What up, seventh graders? (laughs) you know what i'm excited about this group of seventh graders this is an awesome group of kids and uh kids you're not kids people you're not kids you're people and uh, i'm really excited that you're here but listen 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 
We haven't talked about this here for a while, but one of our core values, one of the things that we value, one of the things that we talk about all the time here at Emerge is, is that the fact that found people, oh, you guys are good. Found people find people. And we talk about it enough that everybody can just repeat it now, which is awesome. Because what that is saying is that if you are found in Jesus Christ, it means if you accepted Jesus into your life, he's the Lord and the Savior and the leader of your life, then it's our job, it's our duty, it's our responsibility to find other people for Jesus. That found people find people. And 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 you know what? What's, what's Jesus? His... What's the most important thing in his life? I heard someone say it. Us. Yeah. The most important thing in Jesus' life is us. It's us. That's the main thing. That's the most important thing. That's the key thing in, in his life is us. And, and he gave so much so that he gave his life for us. He gave it all up for us. He left heaven to come and be one of, like one of us. And, and he died for us, his, uh, spilled his blood for us, and was crucified on a cross for us. And, and if, if we are trying, as a follower of Jesus, if we're trying to be like Jesus... If that's our goal is to be like Jesus, to be a follower of him and his heart was people. What do you think our heart should be as well? People, other people. Look at the person next to you and say, I love you. Don't be weird about it. Don't be weird. No, like seriously, though, if we have the heart of Jesus in our lives, we are supposed to love just the people next to us, right? No, no, no. God calls us to love who? Everybody, right? Everybody. Listen, 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 listen. I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but we have like 12, 13 different school, school districts represented right here in this group, right here in this room. Um, I'm going to try to name them. We have independence. <laughs> that was weak. Um, we have Lee Summit. We <laughs> Nobody's proud of where they're from. We have Grandview. Yes. We have Odessa. <laughs> we have Blue Springs represented in this room. Okay. They're, they're here, here. Blue Springs is here. Um, we have Kansas City represented in this room. Okay. <clears throat> we have Raytown schools represented here. <clears throat> we have Summit Christian Academy represented. All two of you. We have the School of the Nativity of Mary represented here. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We have Belton represented here. <laughs> we have, we have our homeschoolers. <clears throat> of course, homeschoolers would be the loudest. Um, but let's, that's, listen, listen, that's a lot of, did, did I miss anybody? Oh, Grain Valley, Grain Valley. Yes. Did I miss any? Ray Peck. Yeah. Yes. 
Anybody else? Did I miss anyone else? College students. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, any adults in the room? <laughs> hey, that's me too. Um, but listen, listen, listen. That's a lot of schools. That's a lot of schools represented in this room, represented in this place. And, and that's all, you guys are in a lot of places, listen, where people need Jesus. Would you agree? You walk down the halls of your school, even today, first day of school, you walk down and you're like, oh man, these people need Jesus. Like for real. Some of these people in this room need Jesus in their lives. And, and you know it, you see it, you recognize it. Maybe some of you homeschoolers walk around the home and you're like, my mom really needs Jesus today. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> but so listen, Luke 5, back to Luke 5, it's a great story and, it, and, it's, and I love it. And uh, it's all about this paralyzed man and his four friends that come around him and they bring him to Jesus and he gets saved and he gets healed. And, and you know, <clears throat> you need to know this. Um, back in this day, back in this time where we're reading this in, in the book of Luke, if you were paralyzed or if you were handicapped in any sort of way, people were, believed you were that way because of the sin in your life. Either because of the sin in your life or because of the sin in your parents' lives when you were born. They believe you were that way because of sin in your life. And, and so these sinners, they were typically pushed outside the walls of the city and they were made to be beggars. They were made to be beggars. Sinners, they weren't accepted in this society. They weren't, they, nobody wanted them around. They weren't accepted here. They didn't want to see you. And, and I wonder... If, if a lot of us in this room, the reason that we lack compassion, like, like a serious compassion, like a really heartfelt compassion for people, is because a lot of times I think we lack a perspective of what people look like apart from Jesus. You know, because we look at people, like I said a minute ago, we walk down their halls and like, man, these, these people, they really need Jesus. Man, my mom really needs Jesus. Or who, if you're homeschooled. Um, but, total joke, mom, if you're listening somewhere. Um, we love moms that emerge. But, um, but I think what happens is we lack the perspective of what people are like away from Jesus. So, so, so far too often, we're so quick to cut these people off. We're so quick to shut these people out of our lives. We're so quick to, to get these people out of our world. But I think if we would look at people through the lens of Jesus, that heart and that compassion that Jesus has for them would be in our lives as well. We wouldn't say, I can't stand that guy. He cusses and he says dirty things and all that, whatever. Um, but if you look at it through the lens, through the filter of Jesus... Yeah, he may say bad things. He may say inappropriate things. But man, but what does Jesus have to say about that? What does Jesus have to do? I think we forget what, what uh, we lack that perspective of what people look like apart from Jesus. See, apart from Jesus, you may not be physically paralyzed, but you're spiritually paralyzed. Apart from Jesus, we're spiritually paralyzed. And paralyzed means like your legs or your arms or, or whatever doesn't work. And you can't reach a destination. You can't get somewhere. And, and people who don't have a relationship with Jesus, they can't reach what God has called them to do. 
They can't walk in that freedom. And we need to realize that these people aren't necessarily just bad people. They're spiritually paralyzed. Could you imagine, like, walking up to a paralyzed person? Like, you, you guys ever seen a paralyzed? You know what I'm talking about. Like, they can't move, maybe from, like, the, the neck down or the waist down. Like, paralyzed, they just, they lay there. And, like, blink once for yes. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I apologize. Not, but you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't move. They don't, they don't function. They don't do stuff. And could you imagine, like, going up to a paralyzed person? It's like, hey, get up. Get up. I can't believe you're just laying there like that. You need to get up. What are you doing? You what, Get up. What is wrong with you? You need to get up right now. Like, but listen, listen. I think sometimes that's what we do as the church, as, as a body of believers, as followers of Jesus. When we come across a person who doesn't live for Christ, we're just like, get up. What's wrong with you? What are you doing? And we, we treat them bad, but our, our real response should be one of compassion. And we should be saying, I'm here for you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to bring you the helper, and his name is Jesus. How can I help you? How can I be a friend to you? How can I support you? We need to be people who have compassion. I dare you guys. This school year, it's just this. Today you had your first day. Tomorrow's your second day, which is going to be the best day. Every second day is the better than the first day. So, I dare you guys regularly, every day, when you pull up to your school, when you walk up to your school, as you're about to enter your school, pray and ask God to give you the heart of Jesus for your uh, everyone you see in that school. God, yeah, beg Him, say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Break my heart for my school and for my city. I guarantee if you every morning when you walk into that school, when you walk into that place, you pray that prayer and you mean that prayer, God will start to do something in your heart. Those miracles like what we talked about a while ago, who knows what God can do? There's no limits to what God can do. Every morning, every time you walk into that school, you're God, break my heart for what breaks yours. God, let me see these people the way that you see these people. God, use me in this school somehow, some way. I dare you to make that a regular part of your prayer. God, break my heart for my neighbors. Break my heart for my family. For, for people, uh, help me to see people the way that you see people. See, God loves humanity. He loves every one of us, and his heart breaks for humanity. He wants every single person to be saved. The Bible says in, in Luke 5 that Jesus is in, is in this house and he's preaching the word, kind of like what we're doing now, but I'm no Jesus. But the Bible says the house was overflowing with people. Like it's a packed house. And, and man, I don't know about you guys, but that's what I, I want for Emerge Youth Church. That's what I want for this room right here. I want us to have to push back everything and be like, hey, I can't see the last person in the back of the room because it's so packed in here. That's what I want. Every time these doors are open, open, we're full of people who are coming to hear about Jesus. This place needs to be packed out. Have you guys ever noticed this about Jesus, that everywhere he went, large crowds were there? You guys ever notice that? You read in your Bible, you hear stories in your Bible. Everywhere Jesus went, there was a crowd. There was a crowd everywhere he went. Crowds always turn up. And, and Jesus, 
what he did. He preached a tough message. He didn't just preach a simple message that everybody's like, oh, butterflies and rainbows. That's so special. I love it. It just, it's a light into my life. Jesus preached a tough message. He preached a hard message and, and not everyone liked it, but he preached a message that would speak directly to your heart directly to your sin. But at the same time, Jesus, he was so full of love and so full of compassion that people turned up. Large crowds would be there. People would show up. And I pray that when when people walk into this room on Wednesday nights, walk into our church on Sundays, that they would sense a group of people who genuinely love them, who really love them. And I'm asking you, every single one of you guys, to do this. I don't know if you guys realize this, but for our, our for youth groups in general, the largest growth times, like attendance times that we have are at the beginning of the school year. So just look at this right now. First day of school, we're having to bring out some extra chairs. Imagine what God could do if we continue to let him move in this room. We could have chairs upon chairs upon chairs and, and God would continue to move in this place. And I'm asking you guys to do this. Every single Wednesday night, every time someone new, or even someone someone who's here all the time, or someone who hasn't been here in a long time, every time they walk into our doors, that you'll stop what you're doing, you'll go out of your way, you'll show them love. You'll make them feel loved, make them feel welcome. Even ladies, even girls who are prettier than you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Guy, I'm sorry. There's no girls prettier than our emerge girls. Okay, can I get an amen? All right. But guys, maybe guys bigger, stronger, more handsome than you are may show up. And I want you to go out of your way and make them feel welcome in this place. People may who may not look like you do. People who may not smell like you do. People who may not dress or act or talk or whatever like you do. We're going to welcome people at, at here at Emerge, and everyone who walks in these doors deserves to be loved. Amen? Everyone who walks in these doors deserves to be loved. Everyone is welcome here. Yeah, I, atheists, I don't care. Get them here. Bring them here. We'll love them anyways. All kinds of people. Everyone who walks in these doors deserves to be loved. Everyone is welcome here. Why is that? Because everyone is welcome to Jesus. Everyone is welcome to Jesus. Don't ever leave it up to someone else. We all need to do this because found people find people. I want everyone here to know this. If this is your first time here, if you've been here for a long time... You're welcome in this place. Am I right? That is the message of Jesus. He's welcoming people. He's loving people. So back to Luke 5. These people were in the house. There, there were people in that house who hated Jesus. So not only crowds would gather everywhere he went and crowds who wanted to see what he did and, and wanted to see miracles and wanted to experience more of him, but also people who would show up who hated Jesus. They just wanted, they wanted to try to catch him doing wrong. They want to see him mess up. So these people in the house, they, some of these people there, they hated Jesus. And, and some of these people, uh, they were called the Pharisees. And there were more people there who were just skeptical of everything that he was doing. Let me tell you this. If you've got people in your life who've betrayed you, who've gossiped about you, 
who've made fun of you guys, who have criticized you because of your faith, congratulations. You're starting to look more like Jesus. You got to know that if you're going to really live for Jesus, people are going to make fun of you. People are going to criticize you. People are going to laugh at you. Jesus, he, he never said this Christian thing was going to be easy. He never said it's going to be the, the easiest, most fun thing. Yeah, we're going to have fun and we're going to do great things. But he never said it was going to be easy. See, when they criticize us, when they make fun of us, when they laugh at us, we've got an opportunity to respond like Jesus. We, we're not, we're not going to stoop to their level. We're not going to return... Uh, we're not going to get revenge. We're not going to return names that were called to us. We're going to love them with the grace and kindness of the Lord. We love them anyways. We're going to show mercy to people who don't show mercy to us because that is an opportunity to look like Jesus. Found people, find people. And not just people who are for us, but people who are against us as well. Jesus said this, he said, one of the things he said in the Bible was, love your enemies. That's really tough to do, isn't it? People make me mad. Even being a youth pastor, people make me mad. Bad drivers make me mad. And I'm like, I, I lose, I, I have to pray, pray to repent to God. Like, when I get out of my car, I'm like, I'm sorry, Lord. Like, Jesus, help me. Like, but maybe for you, Maybe even you in this room, you're, you're, you're like, Jesus, I'm having a hard time loving my friends, let alone my enemies. But you know what? This is where God calls us. This is where he's got us. So back to our verse real fast. These four friends, they brought their friend who was paralyzed to Jesus. And these guys were committed. Everyone say committed. They were committed. You've got to be committed to reaching people. You got to be committed to reaching people. It's got to be intentional. You got to try. You got to put some effort into it. You can't just show up and say, they'll come to me. No, you have to be intentional. Yeah, there will be times when you'll be in conversations with people and things will come up and you'll have those opportunities. But really, you have to be intentional. Maybe you're the one who needs to start those conversations. You've got to be committed to reaching people. It's got to be intentional. The paralyzed man, he was an outcast. And these four friends had to intentionally go and get him. Because he wouldn't show up there himself. Maybe here's a good question for you guys tonight. Are, are you even looking? I love Emerge. I love you guys being here. But really, church begins tomorrow. Church is tomorrow. This guy in my class, he ne he's never liked me. He, he makes fun of me. But Lord, let me see him the way that you see him. These friends, um, they, they go and they just, they find their paralyzed friends. They picking up, pick him up. And picking up people is hard work. It's going to take work. Who are you carrying? Who are you helping get to Jesus? You got to stoop down and you got to go where they are and you got to pick them up. So they carried people, but they also fought through the crowd. 
They fought through the crowd. They got to the full house, not the TV show, but they got to the full house and Uncle Jesse was there. But but no, no, no. They got to the house and it was packed. It was full. There was no way in. And they were carrying their paralyzed friend and they carried him through. the. They couldn't get him through the crowd. So they 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 couldn't get him to Jesus. So what they do? They didn't give up. They didn't quit. They didn't, because the obstacles got in their way, a lot of times we're just like, oh, they couldn't make it to church tonight, so I'm never going to invite them again. We don't give up. We don't quit. We fight through it. They, they didn't, these guys didn't quit getting their friends to Jesus. Let's be a group of people who are committed, who will not give up on getting our friends to Jesus. Because that thing that we say that found people find people, we don't just say it with that found people find people only when it's convenient for us. No, we find people. You know, to be, to be honest, uh, I think us as Christians, us as followers of Jesus, we've gotten lazy sometimes. This this message of evangelism, this message of reaching your friends is going to be preached over and over and over and over. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to hear a message like this over and over. You need to get your friends to Jesus. You need to get your family to Jesus. You're going to hear it over and over your whole Christian life. You're going to hear a message like this. What's got to be done to get our friends to Jesus? What has to be done to get our family to Jesus? Like we know more Bible than most people do around the world. Even if you can quote a little bit of scripture, you probably can quote more than what a lot of people around the world can. We, we know more Hillsong songs than what we can do with. Um, how can we fight through the crowd to save our friends? See, there's this paralyzed had man had he had two legs that didn't work, and all of a sudden his friends pick him up, and he goes from having two bad legs to eight good legs. See, Paul said in the word to carry each other's burdens. That is a picture of the church. When someone's down, when someone's when someone's life is jacked up. When some bad things are going on, we need to be there to scoop them up and to help them say, how can I help you? How can I be a friend to you? Or, or just like, let's play Xbox, you know, whatever. Let's just spend time. Let's be together. How can I encourage you? Let's be together. That's what the church, that's a picture of the church. And these guys were, they were committed, but they were also creative. Someone say creative. creative. These guys carried their friend to the house and it's packed. So they can't get him to Jesus. So what they do, they go to the roof and they start to dig a hole in the roof. And this is not normal, just so you know. This is not a normal thing. So Jesus is preaching. He's in the middle of preaching, standing in this house. And all of a sudden, like scratching on on the roof. And you're like, what is that? And Jesus is trying to preach. Can you imagine like how obnoxious and how messy that would have been? Like... But you need to know this, real ministry gets messy. You're going to have friends who are, are going to go through struggles. You're going to have friends who hurt. You're going to have friends who, who do bad things, who do dumb things, who sin. And that's messy. Real ministry gets messy. What, the, what, what were these guys thinking? Interrupting Jesus' sermon. You don't interrupt Jesus. But these guys got creative. They did whatever they could do to get their friend to Jesus. You see, if we want to reach people that nobody else is reaching, 
We've got to do things that nobody else is doing. Let's be a group of people who will dig a hole in our roof. If that's what it takes to get people to Jesus, we got to get creative. Your friends, they're paralyzed without Jesus and they don't even know it. They don't even know it. Get committed. Get creative. I've seen more people get creative with reasons that they can't reach people. People get get more creative with their excuses than with their efforts to reach people. See, unfortunately tonight for a lot of you guys, you'll, you'll hear this message and then you'll already start to put together a list of why you can't participate in this or why this isn't for you or why you can't do anything. Like, yeah, it's the beginning of the school year. I don't really know a lot of people yet. Um, I homeschool. Um, I know my family. I, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know. What, but uh, here's what will happen, though. Really, honestly, we'll start making excuses for why we can't reach people for Jesus. We'll start making excuses. I only have Christian friends. Man, that's awesome. Proud of you. But you need to have some friends who aren't Christians as well. You need to help reach them for Jesus as well. You have to have a heart for people. And this is a message for every believer. Not just some people, but all people. Don't just say, oh, i got to pray about it. You don't need to, be a, to pray about what God has already told you to do. Let's be a part of something bigger. So these guys, they, they dug up the roof. They lowered their friend down in, inside the room where Jesus was preaching. And the Bible says something quite profound, something interesting. And Jesus, he stops preaching. He stops his sermon. Like, seriously, if someone starts ripping a hole through the roof while I'm preaching, I'm going to stop too. But he stops his sermon he, and he looks at these guys lowering their friend down. And, the, and he looks at the guy and he says, your sins are forgiven. And that was kind of, we've been kind of doing this series. I don't know if we even talked about it tonight. This kind of mic drop series that Jesus said a lot of things while he was here on this earth. You guys know what mic drop is. That Jesus said a lot of things while he was here on this earth that were like those mic drop moments. And this was one of those moments. Like, so they lower the guys down, the, the guy, paralyzed guy down into the room. And Jesus is like, your sins are forgiven. And what people are like, why? Like ripping their clothes and like, what? You know, and like that was like his mic drop moment. But wait, wait, not because of the man's faith, but because of their faith. Their faith made a difference in their friend. See, I don't, I, I should not be living, living for the Lord right now if I didn't have parents and, and grandparents who constantly prayed for me. Their faith for me mattered. Your faith for your friends matters. Your faith for your family matters. If you're praying for your lost friends or family, keep praying. Don't give up because faith, your faith matters. It matters for them. It not only matters for you, but it matters for them. Your faith matters for your friends, your family, for your school. This man, he, he was being lowered down 
And Jesus said, because of their faith, the guys lowering him down, because of their faith, your sins have been forgiven. The paralyzed man, I imagine, he was probably, was like, what was that? Could you come again? Could you repeat that? Because I didn't come here for my sins to be forgiven. I want to walk. I want to move. I want to function like a normal person. See, what Jesus does, he always touches the eternal before he touches the temporary. What good would it do if for Jesus to heal the guy's body, but he still walks out as a sinner? What good would that do? The real problem wasn't the man's physical nature, but he was spiritually paralyzed. The real miracle is a spiritual one. The Bible says that the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they, they were in the room and they start to get upset. And they're like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. You can't forgive sins. Only God forgives sins. And Jesus is like, um, hello. See, a lot of times what we want to do is we want to fix the actions of the person when we first need to focus on the spiritual part of a person. So you can't fix someone's heart, but you can bring them to Jesus. Jesus' response to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he said this, what do you think is harder? What do you think is tougher to do for someone to, to uh, forgiving someone of their sins or to healing, heal someone's body? See, Jesus just did the best miracle ever, but they were too blind to see it. But just to prove who he was, he was like, go ahead and get up and walk, bro. Uh, don't forget to take your bed with you. Like, just to prove. See, these friends, they had perseverance. They didn't let any roadblocks stand in their way of getting their friend to Jesus. And I want the same thing for you guys tonight. It's going to take work. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be tough at times. But persevere and do everything you can to get your friends to Jesus. Because found people find people. Man, Jess, would you play some music? Imagine what God could do in this room. Imagine what God could do in your lives. Imagine what he could do in this place with people like that who had such faith. Imagine with me for a moment what this room would look like. Like seriously, we'd have to tear the roof off to get more people here if we simply followed what Jesus commanded us to do. That found people find people. Let me tell you guys something real quick, and I'm about done. Let me tell you something that'll kind of take the pressure off you. You can't save anyone. Pressure's lifted. You can't save anyone. You don't save anyone. You're not the one who saves anybody at all. It's Jesus. He's the one who saves. You don't have to have all the answers. God's okay with that. Just help people get to Jesus. So I'm, I believe, I'm believing that God is going to use this group right here, that this group of students right here, everyone in this room, right here, to, to start a, a, a movement that unleashes the gospel 
in our area, in our community, in our schools, in our homes. I'm believing that this group right here, that God is going to do some miraculous things through. And I cannot wait to see him do that.